0: Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Hey, we'll get right to it after this message. You know, managing teams has been something that's bedeviled me my entire career. Now, I'm not saying I have done a poor job, but I know I've made a lot of mistakes in my career, and I... I think it's really great to learn new ways to manage people and and just find things that maybe you can do to kind of hack that whole project management aspect of what you're doing. And that really translates whether you're doing PR teams or marketing teams or just general business teams. Project management is a huge part of it. That's why I'm very excited to have Alex Sanfilippo as our guest. On this episode, Alex started his first business at the age of 12, selling used golf balls. From there, he went on to real estate investing and a technology startup, which he sold years later. For the past decade, Alex has been an executive in the aerospace industry. During his time in corporate America, he stayed active with his many side hustles, which mainly consisted of conference speaking and business coaching. And I believe he also works very well with his wife, Alicia, so this guy's got a lot to offer us, and to top it all off, his name's Alex, and so it doesn't get any better than that. Alex, welcome to the show.
1: Alex, thank you so much. This is actually the first time I've been on a podcast with a host named Alex, so I have very high expectations today. As do I. The <laughs> pressure is on us both, you know? Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, hey, shout out to Max,
0: who got us together, I believe, by the way. Max, I did, yeah. right?
1: Max Abbott. Yep. He's, he's a great friend. He actually referred to you as the Alex that was the friend and I was the colleague um, in the email. So I was a little upset about it. But, um, but Alex, I really am a huge fan of PR After Hours. This is a great podcast. I've, I've, I'm not going to go over the top with your voice, but you've got the voice, you've got the demeanor for it. Um, it is great to listen to. So I've been enjoying a lot of episodes. So for me, it's an honor to be here with you today. Oh,
0: Alex, you're too kind. Thank you so much. And I am looking forward to talking to you about project management. All right. First things first, I kind of gave a little bit of an intro, but give us an idea of the types of project management you've done in your career, different sectors, whatever you want to talk about just to kind of lay the foundation.
1: Yeah, in in all areas of business for me and entrepreneurship, all of it, there's been projects, there's been team management. But I'd say what's most relevant that has probably the widest area of, uh, of different examples I could offer would be the aerospace industry. And now a disclaimer, because the second I say this at any networking event, I say that I'm in aerospace, everyone's like, ooh, are you an astronaut? Ooh, are you a (laughs) fighter pilot? Or are you a skydiver? I am none of those things. I have run a commercial operations division of a company, which basically means I keep a track of the profit margins and the processes that the company has. It sounds much more boring than most people think, so I'm sorry if anyone just got discouraged by uh by me not (laughs) saying that i've been to space or anything like that but uh, a lot of what i do day to day is managing teams and 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 projects because again i'm I'm looking after the money that the company's making and how we're making the money making sure that we're streamlining that type of thing so uh, the examples i'll give today would be from that that job specifically i'd say
0: so walk us through it uh, project management and in your space how does that work Uh, projects come along or are these long-standing teams that work on a variety of projects how does that go
1: yeah, I've had, I've had both spectrums. I'd love to get into a little bit of each. Let's put it this way. I had a project I just finished at the beginning of this year that I worked on for seven years with Ooh. a team of people. Wow. Seven years. I'll tell you what, you have to really find a way to motivate yourself when you start this project. You're like, okay, this is going to take me, you're doing the math, you're like one year, two years. like, okay, this is going to be a long time. And you're like, seven years? What? Like, how, <laughs> how can anyone do this? But it was one of those things that we had to look at. And other times I've got projects that sometimes it's just like a sprint, if you will. I'll take just a few key team members and we'll knock it out in just a matter of a couple of weeks sometimes. And um, all of which, though, revolves around understanding the end result. What is the expectation of what is supposed to happen at the end? And I don't think you can ever start a project without really knowing that. That's one of the biggest problems I've seen in corporate America is that some of these companies, they give people these projects, but don't tell them the real reason behind it. Or don't give them a clear expectation of here's what we're expecting at the end. They're just like, hey, if you can do this and improve this area, it might help out a little bit. You know, it's very vague or something like that. For me, my big thing is I have to get the bigger picture, the understanding of what is supposed to happen as a result of this. Like what is the dream at the end of it for a CEO or another company we're working with or, or whatever it may be um, is really, again, understanding that. And that's not from a place of micromanagement. That comes from a place of I can't get people on board if I can't really tell them what we're going to be doing.
0: How much of what you're doing is also selecting the team? Or is the is the is the project team handed to you or are they are you given the goal and then you go out within your organization and create
1: the team? I'm actually really thankful. I've had a lot of flexibility here. Often it is put as a senior director, it's put on me. Do I want to use a certain department? Do I want to use certain departments? I have five that I oversee. Um so I can pick from a lot of people that way, but also I've done many projects that were too big for our own team. So we'll actually hire temp staff to be able to actually to do projects. Like a perfect example is every once in a while, every few years, this is my least favorite project I'm about to mention and why I'm talking about it. <laughs> we do, we do an inventory counting project and I, I'll tell you what, if there's one thing that I are not again, this is it, but I've hired up to 20 people outside of the organization to actually come in and do inventory counting, um, which is the most manual process of anything that we do the rest of it's on computers. But yeah, so I'll, I'll have anything from a, a group of people that I'm picking, uh, within the organization or outside the organization. So uh, thankfully for me, a lot of times it's actually been on me to decide those things. Very rarely is it something from, uh, my CEO uh, or from, from the corporate office saying, Hey, here's what, what needs to happen.
0: Tell me how you, uh, you meet or collaborate with your teams. And I guess you could maybe talk to us, you know, back when things were normal three or four months ago to, to COVID. (laughs) Is that okay to contrast those two for us? Yeah, it is.
1: Um, first off, beforehand, um, it, it was it, for, this whole thing was a, a learning process for me. And I will tell you the first couple weeks of it, I did not know what to do. Um, but I'll start with what we were doing before all this, and we can get into how we've transitioned a little bit. And it's actually been more effective now once we figured it out. But uh, originally what we do is, again, I'd get that bigger picture. So I would find out, hey, what's the, the department needing the assistance? What is our end goal? perfect example one of them was actually to to improve the returns process within our organization so the rmas parts that were coming back from an aircraft operator saying there was a problem with it or wasn't what they're looking for it was actually a streamline that process and that one was a a nightmare Uh, we're working with a computer system that didn't really have a good solution so it took me sitting down and figuring out okay first off what is the, what is the expectation of this? And you can't just say, improve the, the return to vendor or the return process. It's gotta be something else. They wanted it streamlined where it could just go through one department. So it's okay, that's a clear expectation. So what I would do is I'd start assembling everybody right now who has their hand in it. I brought them all into a meeting. It's about a 30 minute meeting, maybe tops, about 10 people in it. It's all the people that would touch that project. And then we basically hash it out. I'd get all the details. And then from there, I would design a team or a, a, you know, a task force, if you will, to be able to say, hey, here's what we're gonna fix. And so it was a handful of meetings and then it was a handful of like small brainstorming sessions in person is what we were doing before uh, COVID. That's kind of the the direction I would take.
0: And have you noticed um, any kind of different management style change due to COVID?
1: Yeah, there's, there's been a lot, Um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm very hands-on not in a micromanaging way, but I love to be around my team to kind of get a pulse of how they're doing to see if I can support them. Um, I'll walk around. We, We have a very big, uh, facility here in Jacksonville, Florida. But I'll walk around to all my departments every single day or would. And I'd go talk to everybody, see them all in person, check on them, see how they're doing. Uh, people that reported directly to me and some that reported to the managers that were under me. I'd, I'd like to get that pulse with everybody just to see how people were doing. And that initial change really shocked me. I was like, man, that that was like one of my one of my big points. I and mean, that's that's part of Alex San identity. That's why people really enjoyed working with me is just that I I cared and I still do. It was just very different to, to be able to show that. And it kind of caught my company off guard. We always said we were ready to go remote, but there's a big difference between saying and actually doing. And so when we flipped the switch and went remote, we weren't quite ready. Uh, but I'm very thankful for finding tools like Zoom. I was able to do video calls with many of my, my staff members. And that's also how we were able to host meetings and then Slack to be able to, to communicate with them and and have those conversations one-on-one still and, and kind of keep up with everybody. The first couple of weeks, it felt really strange until we really learned the flow of what that looked like, Um, because you can't just be trying to Zoom call everybody all day. You can't be messaging people all day. Um, it definitely changed a lot, but it was just a matter of learning those boundaries and those right times to communicate in a, in a very different way.
0: Let's uh, kind of go back up a little more to the 10,000 feet here. Pardon the aerospace pun there. And what about <laughs> some maybe, and I like to do this, and it's not to uh, make anybody feel bad or embarrass them, but I found that this is how I learn best. What are some common mistakes to your mind about project management? What are the things that maybe the traps that, that we project managers fall into that we should be aware of. I'm just gonna
1: speak from experience, Alex. I'm I'm gonna tell you that that I've not always been great at this. This is definitely one of my skills now, but it has not always been. Mm. Um and, and so full transparency here. I come from I, I've mentioned that I'm not a micromanager a couple times. It's because I used to be one. I'm a recovering micromanager. Oh, are bad. you like, really? are you really? I, oh. Man, so bad. Um, so bad. And you know what's funny, my wife, you referenced her earlier. She worked with me in aerospace before we were we were married. We actually knew each other years before, so I didn't like meet a girl at my job, I, I think that would have been a in <laughs> management position. But anyway, she worked some projects with me. And she's like, wow, you're kind of like a nightmare to work with. She's like, you just stand over everyone's shoulder. <laughs> and uh, this was, oh man, this was seven years ago or something like that. And it was kind of my first eye-opening moment of like, huh, I do that. You know, no one had ever brought it up, but I was like, I actually, I do that. I, I recognize it. And so I think the first mistake that people make, myself included in this, uh, is to actually want to micromanage the entire task. If it is not something that you're doing by yourself, if you really want buy-in from other people, again, the first thing you do is you say, hey, here is the big vision, here's the picture. And then I ask people now, I'm like, how would you do this? And when you put that empowerment on people, asking them how they would do it, it, it really gives them that buy-in and saying, oh, Alex actually cares about how I would do this instead of just telling me do this, this, and this, and do it exactly where I'll come behind you and do it. Um, because that was the old me. But since I've done, done made that simple shift of giving people buy-in with it, they've been able to come up with ideas that I think many times are better than the ideas that I'd be able to come up with. And then I just turn into a support role. And many times that's what my goal is as the lead in a project that I'm managing is I just want to be that support role for the team that I know because I picked them. They are equipped to do this with or without me. My job is let's just keep it all organized.
0: You're serving, uh, well, a leadership function, but also an enablement function. You are enabling your team. And that's one reason I I went to the question earlier about how do you select your team? Because I assume you're looking for the best possible fit for all the different, um, you know, uh, job parts of the project. And, uh, I learned that too, Alex, don't feel bad. I, although honestly <laughs> I might've went the other way. I might've been too loose to be honest with you with, the uh, mm. uh, mistake I made. I think, um, and I, I remember this when I was uh, uh, Vice President of a TV station and I had Nine people under me uh, With various jobs that I didn't understand um, I didn't know how to go Into an Avid and edit video I didn't know how broadcasting Technically worked I didn't you know I didn't understand A lot of that stuff and graphic arts mm-hmm. And all those things and I remember getting a job Review from my boss who was the, the GM of the station and he's just like well how come This is happening and this is happening And, and this and, and, and I was I remember getting kind of like red faced. I'm sure I was red faced. You know that feeling when you're you're blushing though, and you know you're red faced. Maybe you don't, but I I do. My ears get red. Oh, time. I do. Okay. <laughs> and, I'm fair
1: skin, so it shows, and I know it shows. Oh, I know it shows. It looks even worse. <laughs> there you go. And I and I and you know
0: you know what I said to him. I said, well, I guess I just made the mistake assuming that professionals could do their jobs right. And oh man, Ooh. it was like he, <laughs> he just looked at me. and He said, well, one could say the same of you. And I thought. oh. but but you know what he wasn't trying to be a jerk and neither was i i was frustrated though because i had had so many micromanagers in my past that i was determined not to be that guy but Mm. there really is a mix you do need to still have a hand on the tiller you do still need to check in with people and you just kind of crystallized that for me there is a fine line between being too loose but and being uh, someone who enables people to do their job well 100%
1: 100% accurate. As a matter of fact, that's the second thing I was going to bring up is, is I swung a little too far and I ended up more in the boat of, okay, they, kick, they kind of got it. I'll kick back. I'll do something else. And then what happened is I wouldn't follow up. I wouldn't follow through. And if you look at my personality type, you'd be like, wow, Alex, you look like the type of guy that would follow through. It turned into the fact that I didn't want to micromanage so bad that I was just assuming that everyone would do exactly what they're supposed to do. And we're all human, which means we're all going to forget at some point. So at the end of the day if you are the manager of the project you need to actually still manage the project which means when i ask someone to do something and they say okay i'll get it done by next tuesday next tuesday if you don't have it you need to go back to them and be like hey this is supposed to be done today where is it and they can be like oh my gosh i totally forgot or oh you know I effort to hit send on the email whatever it might be if you're not actually the one who's keeping pulse of the project at that point and you're the lead for it, that that's going to be a fault to you. Uh, you know, again, if you go back to, if you have a manager above you or a CEO or any, whoever it may be, they're expecting you to get the project done as the manager. You can't be like, well, the person that I have working with me, you know, I guess they just didn't get it done. That, that doesn't matter. Your job is to make sure it's getting done. They're doing individual tasks. So for me, I had to come up with some sort of system for making sure that things were, were getting followed up with. And, and thankfully, that's when I developed a, a, a very deep love for Excel and adding dates to it and making it very public. So when someone said, oh, I, I know how to do that, I'm like, okay, when can you get it done by? If they're like, oh, I can get it done by Thursday, I would add it to the Excel spreadsheet right there and say, okay, on Thursday at 2 p.m., I'm going to reach out to you if I don't have it yet. Let's make sure it's done by then. And then let them do it. Let them use their creativity. If they have any questions, they know I have an open open office policy uh, unless my office is closed and then don't walk in. But, um, you know, if it's if it's open, come on in. But that goes to your point. Like, you've got to also have the balance of remembering that you are managing the project and find the tools that work for you. For me, it was something as simple as Excel because mm-hmm. I learned how to really manipulate it well. For other people, you might actually want to use one of these management systems like Monday.com or uh, FreedCamp, any of those type of things. Yeah. All those systems will work to manage a team as well. It's a matter of finding the tool set that works well for you, for your team, the type of project you're managing.
0: You know, I love what you said there about how you just plug it in right there in front of them, or or maybe you figuratively did, uh, onto the experience. Oh no, I physically did. I like them to see it. The accountability is like, boom, this is enshrined here on this spreadsheet. Yeah, like or or if you're just using something like Slack or using uh, Basecamp or something where everybody's clearly got their job delineated, there's no excuses, there's no reason to forget. So I, I think that's really great advice. Well, as we close out here, because before we go, I want to ask you a little bit about you and some of the things you're doing uh, beyond mm-hmm. project management. But let me ask you one more project management question. And by the way, if you got a better answer than the question, feel free. But is there, is there one really killer thing? What is the most important piece of advice you would tell the uh, somebody who's teeing up as a project manager, perhaps for the first time? That, and they could probably glean that from your previous discussion and answers. But is there one big piece of advice you'd give them?
1: Yeah, your team is going to mirror the the culture that you set for yourself. So a lot of that has to do with with you, the way that you are going to position yourself. If you're really unhappy about the project, if it looks like it's going to be annoying to you and you voice these things, you make them vocal, that's going to set the demeanor, that's going to set the mood for the yeah. entire team that's working on it. Your job as the, the person who's leading this, whether you agree with it or not, is to voice that to whoever is having to do the project And you can even tell them, hey, I'm not a fan of this project. But what's important is you walk out of that room knowing, hey, but I'm leaving here knowing that we're going to be on the same page. I'm going to set the mood. I'm going to set the culture for this and make sure the whole team is positive about it. Because I have done both. I have done some projects um, in in, in previous uh, divisions of the company I was in. I I, At one point, I had a a vice president I worked for who, um, um, okay, you know what? I just didn't like the guy. I'm going to go ahead and say it. And that's very, (laughs) very rare for me. I very rarely say that. He's one of just a few people in my entire life. And the projects he was working on, I knew were a waste of time, and I let the team see that, and we all suffered because of that. And that was to that was to my fault. That was to me not respecting authority and the leadership that was put over me. But if in the future that was the one time that happened, I remember seeing it from then on. Even if I didn't agree with the project, I would voice that to just the person who I was doing it for alone. But when I get to my team, I'm not fake, but I tell them, "Hey, the company expects us to do a good job on this. Let's not let them down. Let's get excited about what we're doing." And setting that mood, if you will, really helps a project just succeed long term and give you that buy-in with people.
0: You know, we have more in common than our first name. I uh, <laughs> I have done the same. You know, uh, there's an example of a movie. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. I remember there, you know, Tom Hanks is Mm -hmm. the platoon leader, or what are the, they're all complaining about the mission and they're complaining to him and they say, you know, Captain, you never complain about this. You don't, and basically I'm paraphrasing. He says, you know, why don't we ever hear you complain? You think this mission's BS too. And he says, because because I complain to my boss. I don't complain down to you. Right. And, and he didn't mean it in a talking down way, but he's like, I'm your captain. I, I am not here to let you in on my insecurities and my, my gripes and all that stuff. That's not how it works. And that's a very powerful lesson, I think, for uh, any kind of a leadership role. Um, even if you're not leading a, leading a project or even if you're not actually a manager of people, I think it's really important, though, to remember, just like what you said, your demeanor your carryover can, it can infect people in a good way or a bad way.
1: Mm-hmm. It can. Those are really only only two options there. I mean, it's going to do something to other people. And for me going back to something I've just really lived my life by is to, to be a person of service. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with honoring the people that have been placed over me. And it's something that I believe in firmly is that, Hey, if someone, if I am set to work for somebody at any point, no matter what it is, I'm going to do my best to really honor that person whether I agree with it or not, you know, if I think there's a better way or not, my job is really to respect that and make sure that I set that tone for whoever is partnering with me in that same mission.
0: I really appreciate that. The fact that, a few moments ago you admitted that you didn't like somebody and that's okay mm-hmm. too it's okay too it it shouldn't change your professionalism but right. it's, it's it's something i had to learn too it's okay you know i don't have to like everybody and not everybody's going to like me but we're all kind of in this i used to say this to my team we're all in this lifeboat together now we can <laughs> we can bail it out or we can or we can we can swamp the boat what do you want to do you know speaking of that though talking about being in a lifeboat together you, besides your your work in aerospace you're also an, you're an entrepreneur, obviously, and an online community builder and coach, and you have a website called Creating a Brand. What is Creating a Brand, and what is it you have to offer there?
1: Yeah, Creating a Brand is the passion project. So I absolutely love aerospace. I love project management, something that, that I also love. But for me, community building has always been something I'm passionate about. And creating a brand, the idea behind it is, I, I just didn't see this out there. And maybe it existed, maybe I just didn't look hard enough, but I wanted a place for people that are in the process of creating a brand for themselves, so we're not actually doing branding or anything that, like that, but literally creating a personal brand or a company or some sort of product or just want to make an idea into an actual business. Anybody within that area, I wanted a nice hub for them, a place that they could come hang out. They could talk about what they're doing. They could share some of the, the frustrations they're having. Um, they could share some of the wins, some of the losses, ask questions. And I want to do it all in some sort of online community. And so we, we did this outside of big social media, not that I have any problems with those. I just found that. There's a lot of noise, especially right now as the world's going through some some really not good stuff. And we all want to weigh in. We all want to be part of the solution and help, and I believe that. But I think that if you're logging on to a social media platform and you're like, okay, I need to ask a question about my brand, and you're getting into the Facebook conversations and things like that, it's just not really beneficial to what you're doing in that moment. So we actually went with a third-party company. It's one of my good friend's businesses. Uh, it's called Mighty Networks. Mm-hmm. And so we built on that platform. It's a custom social media platform that they built for us. And we're just, we have it all set up just for helping each other go further faster while saving time and money. That's why we say it. Because I find a lot of people that are creating brands, these entrepreneurs that are young in their journey, not necessarily young in age, but young in their journey, they have a lot of questions. And I know that when I first got started in the digital space, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of money because I felt like I was alone. And I want to make a hub for people to be able to have that community because I I do believe we all go further faster when we're together. Um, So it's just been a great life giving place where we've been able to help each other to offer leads. Um, it is a blast. I could talk about it forever, Alex. Yeah, I'm passionate about it.
0: Well, I- I, I'm very impressed by it and it's just interesting like when Max pr- brought you to my attention and I, I thought gosh this guy is he contains multitudes there is so much here that you're doing and uh, and, and folks uh, you go to a website you'll see he's not even he's not even old I don't even think you have any gray hair yet man that's, this is very impressive my wife says
1: I have a few on the side but you know oh <laughs> uh, yeah
0: but that, that's, that makes you look distinguished you know that's, that's thank all thank you good. That's all good.
1: <laughs> no Alex I, you know we'll
0: have to have you back if it's okay with you because I want to hear more about creating a brand I want to hear yeah, more about that of the things you're doing but I would really encourage everybody to go check out creatingabrand.com you're going to find a, a, a lot of stuff there and Alex I mean th- there's there are tools there available to people right and there's things as you offer to help people real quick right
1: there are you know and like something I did at the beginning of, of this whole pandemic that I know that we're coming out of now thankfully is I decided to open enrollment completely. We used to kind of keep it capped at certain numbers and things like that but I just opened it up completely for free. Um, anybody can join the community now, be a member of it, um, and, and if you don't mind, I'll just give a quick a quick way to do that. Go for um, it, you can yeah. either go to creatingabrand.com or you can just text me directly. You can text the word connect to nine zero four two nine nine eight nine nine two, and it'll send you a direct link to join. Anybody is welcome. Again, I'm not even charging for that. And if you go to creatingabrand.com/slash/courses, I have six courses there completely free. Six of them that they don't even require an email address. They're just there. They're public. Again, at the end of the day, and Alex, this is something I always tell my audience that I tell everybody, I remind myself every single day that I seek to be a person of value, not a person of profit. I believe that profit follows when we really just do our best to help and serve other people. And, and right now the world needs it more than ever. So I have put a lot of my dreams and things on hold just because I know that I, I've been extremely blessed in my life. but I want to help other people get to where they want to go as well.
0: I so respect that. And that, by the way, is to a large degree the, the root of why I have this show, PR After Hours. And uh, I would be remiss if I did not mention, and I don't view you as competition because you're clearly killing it with your podcast, but you also <laughs> have a podcast, my friend. What, what is the podcast?
1: It is called Creating a Brand just so everyone knows i'm not like the most creative person <laughs> in the world so um you're like what are you going to call it can you come up with a cool name i'm like creating a brand like what's the website i'm like creating a brand you know <laughs> but you created a brand by doing so <laughs> exactly yeah you know it's just it's it's a shorter podcast i'd say I'm probably around the same line as yours you know 30 40 minute episodes and um it's just really action-packed i consider it more of a master class so we'll just bring pre- people on to talk about a specific topic And uh, we just kind of go for it on on any type of topic. Like example, we've got some coming up on on how to be a great public speaker, um, where we just go through four steps for actually getting booked as a speaker and being able to do so successfully. But uh, different topics like that, like all kinds of things, um, we cover like a pretty wide range. Anything that really matters to an entrepreneur and helping them go a little further.
0: Oh man, this is great. Alex Sanfilippo, he has so many things to offer and I'll put links in the show notes. Alex, thanks so very much for being here in the virtual lounge.
1: Alex, thank you so much. This was an honor to be here with you.
0: Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ourspr. Or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long and you record your message i get the message i will play your audio just give me your first name and the city you live in and then i will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show don't forget to if you're enjoying this podcast you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at prafterhours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.